Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the In The Saddle podcast. My name is Chris Loder and I am joined by my guests this week, Liz Batchelor and Katie Midwinter, where we'll be previewing the main ITV races at Newmarket and York. Before we get into the races, let's see how everyone is. I'll come to you first, Liz. Um, did you enjoy your trip to France uh, last weekend and is your head in a good place? <laughs> Um, I did enjoy it very much. So, uh, if if yeah, if you've never been before, then uh, I would definitely urge you to go at least once. Um, yeah, good good racing, um, and I think I'm still getting over the weekend. Yeah, hopefully uh, your head is a little bit clearer now, so you can uh, give uh, some win- winners for the listeners uh, this weekend. And how about you, Katie? How have you been keeping? Yeah, good, thank you. I enjoyed the action last weekend at meet, and I wasn't lucky enough to be there, but it's still a really good uh, couple of days' action, wasn't it? And uh, looking forward to what's on this weekend. And Jumps is back too, isn't it? So lots to enjoy. Yeah, the Jumps is returning. Uh, the big guns are starting to come out, and we'll have a couple of thoughts on uh, uh, the Persian War meeting at Chepstow. At uh, the end of this podcast. So let's get into it then. The first race we're going to look at is the 150 at Newmarket. It's a group three. It's the Godolphin Flying Start, Zetland Stakes. And Flying Honours is your favourite here for Charlie Appleby and Will Buick at 5 to 4. We've then got Dear My Friend at 7 to 1. Bateman's Bay at 9 to 1. Blanchland at 10s. Galactic Jack at 10s. And bigger are the rest. I'll come to you here first, Liz. Um, Flying Honours has got quite a lot of experience against a few of these rivals. Do we think he deserves to be that short or are we quite keen to take him on? Yeah, I think he does deserve to be that short. I did have a look at two in here, um, one being Flying Honours and two, um, John Godston's lift-off because um, I think there's some form in Liftoff's last race where he's fifth or sixth behind Blue Rose Sen, who won the pre-Marcel Boussac when I was there, funnily enough, at Longchamp last weekend by five lengths and start me up, who finished fourth in that same race. Um, but Flying Honours should come back from his third of four in a Group 2, and it was a closely fought outlaw lodge stakes um, two weeks ago over the mile. There was only one and a quarter lengths between first and last, he was the two to seven favourite. Um, and it wasn't a surprise to see him favourite based on his impressive listed win at Salisbury five by five lengths. Um, but something didn't quite work out. Um, he kept on um, and the step up to one mile two should do in the world of good. OK, so that's uh, Liz's thoughts on the Zetland Stakes. And how about you, uh, Katie? Who did you like in the opening race? Yeah, similar thoughts to Liz, really. I'm willing to give Flying Honours another chance. He was disappointing last time out in the Royal Lodge, but as Liz said, you know, all four runners, they were quite close together, and I think it was a decent field. So I'm going to forgive him that run, um, that win at Salisbury, as Liz was saying to you. It was very impressive over Stormbuster, and that's what stuck in my mind. Um, and I don't think, yeah, stepping up to one mile two, it won't be a concern. I'd expect him to improve over further, being by See the Stars out of a Group 3 winning Dubawi Mayor. He's a lovely pedigree, and I think he's an exciting call. So I hope he can return to winning ways, and um, I'm sure there'll be plenty to look forward to with him next season. Yeah, so two votes then for Flying Honours. I'm quite keen to take him on. He got beaten last time, uh, odds of 2-7. Maybe the small field didn't help him, but I just think Charlie Appleby's two-year-olds maybe haven't been 
quite where people would have been expecting them this season. And I'm willing to take him on with uh, Bateman's uh, Bay for Rob Hornby and Rafe Beckett. I thought there was a lot to like last time when he won at Haydock. He looked like he was a horse that was learning on the job and looked like he was going to improve further. His form as well behind Nostrum at Sandown doesn't read too badly. Who will run later on the card? He's favourite for the Jew Heist. We'll talk about that uh, in a little while. But yeah, I just think there's a lot to like about this horse moving forward. I think he'll appreciate the step up in trip. He's got some nice entries too. He's in uh, the Futurity uh, Stakes Doncaster later this month. And also as well, he's entered in the Derby. And I think he's quite an exciting prospect for a yard that have been having a great season in Rafe Beckett. So that's our thoughts then on the Zetland Stakes. We're now going to move on to the 225 at Newmarket, which is the One Mile Emirates, Emirates Autumn Stakes. It's a Group 3 contest. And a Pictatus, I've probably just butchered that pronunciation, is your favourite for Frankie Dottori and John and Fader Gosling at 5-2. We've then got Silver Knot at 3-1, Holloway Boy at 7-2, Dancing Magic at 13-2, Exoplanet at 12-1, and Killy's Bear Warrior is the outsider of the field at 25. I'll come to you here first, Katie. Um, it's quite a tight little affair at the top of the market. Were we siding with one of those? I'm going to go for the Tresham Stakes winner, Holloway Boy. I don't think his form since Royal Ascot has been too bad. He finished second behind Marban in the Group 2 of Inches Stakes at Goodwood, beating Mysterious Knight, who went on to win a Group 3 at Deauville and was recently seen bolting up in a Grade 1 Summer Stakes at Woodbine. So I think that's a pretty good form line. Uh, last time out, he was only beaten by Nostrum here in a four-runner race, but he did finish ahead of Victory Dance, who I had thought was quite promising. So... Stepping up to a mile, it could shoot him. He's by Ulysses, who stayed a mile four at the top level. And as a stallion, he's used to, more notably, Pisbadil, Mighty Ulysses, both of whom have run over a mile. So I think Holloway Boy could bounce back to form here to a carbon Okay, so one vote, a one vote for Holloway Boy with Katie. And how about you, Liz? Who did you like in the autumn stakes? Yeah, again, a few interesting ones in this. Um, you've got Silver Knot, won a Group 3 in August comfortably, but didn't show up the following Group 2 race at the beginning of last month. Holloway Boy keeps on knocking at the door of Group races, coming second the last twice he's tried after Cozily winning his listed race in June. And Epicetus, who looks a promising young cult, winning his maiden in some style. But um, me and Katie are on the same page again, but Holloway Boy edges it just for me. He kept on in his last two races, um, as Katie was saying, behind Nostrum by one and a quarter lengths, um, who is obviously fav favourite for the next race that we're going to cover. Um, so the, the step up in trip, trip should suit him. But um, I think, I think, what price are we saying? Seven to two. I think that's, um, I think that's pretty decent. Okay, so two votes then for Holloway Boy. A lot of agreement on the podcast tonight. However, I'm going to uh, disagree. I liked um, the Gosden horse here, Espectitas. I just can't get that name right. But I, I really like him. Um, I thought the way he won on debut was very impressive. In fact, he achieved an RPR of 101, which you don't see too many uh, first-time-out two-year-olds achieving those heights. Got a lovely pedigree by Kingman out of Thistlebird, who was a Group 1 winner herself. From the family of Jumbly, uh, Bullfinch, some uh, really good horses that uh, connections know well. And I just think this horse uh, is really exciting and, and could be a horse tonight for, for next year. I, I expect a lot more to come from him. Maybe the thing that would be at the back of my mind is why have we not seen him uh, for a little while? I think there were mentions after he won about uh, going to the Solario Stakes. 
at um, at Sandown. Obviously, that didn't pay off, uh, so maybe he has had a, a slight setback, which could be uh, something you, you want to take into consideration. But I just think, for me, I was really pleased with his uh, debut effort, and I just think the form of some of these in behind, I think they've maybe shown their hand where he hasn't, and there could be a bit more improvement to come, so he would uh, get the nod from me. But an intriguing autumn stakes. We're now going to move on uh, to the class race of the day at Newmarket. It is the three o'clock clock um Juha stakes over seven furlongs a group one contest and there's quite a few interesting form lines coming into this Nostrum is your favorite for Sir Michael Stout at 13 to 8 we've then got the undefeated naval power at 7 to 2 Chaldine who's improving for Andrew Bolding at 4 to 1 Aesop Fables at 13 to 2 Isaac Shelby at 14s Royal Scotsman 25s and then Marburn is the outsider at 28 so I'll come to you here first Liz uh, again uh, an intriguing uh, little race uh quite a few in here i think you can make a case for but uh who did you like in the dewhurst yeah nostrum is the favorite and there's clearly a reason and it's reasons why he is my pick for this i thought his run at newmarket and the group three tax store staked super easy beating holloway boy and victory dance and his maiden was another easy win he already has an entry into the irish 2000 guineas for next may and he's definitely an exciting prospect as we head into next year. Um, but yeah, definitely Nostrum for me. Okay, so one vote for Nostrum. How about you, Katie? Are you in agreement again with Liz? I'm not in agreement this time, actually. Um, I think it's a high-quality renewal. It's a really exciting race, one that I'm looking forward to. Many promising young horses lining up. Nostrum and Naval Power both unbeaten. I think it'll be an interesting clash between the two. Isaac Shelby also unbeaten, two from two in his career, and Shaldine ridden by Franklin Sorry, bidding for a four-timer. Sure to be dangerous. I thought Marvin was a big price, around 28 to 1, given his form ahead of Holloway Boy and Mysterious Night at Goodwood. I'd forgive him and Aesop's Fables the run at the Curra in the Vincent O'Brien National Stakes. I don't think the ground suited them. And back on a firm, firmer surface, they should be able to perform better. Royal Scotsman outside of the field shows how good the rest of the runners have been this season. Paul and Oliver Cole performing at a 33% strike rate in recent weeks. Um, but I'm going to go for Aesop's Fables. I was so taken by him in the Futurity Stakes where he beat Hans Anderson and Proud and Regal. He had a bit of ground to make up in the closing stages and showed a wicked turn of foot. And the others couldn't live with his speed. And I think there's more to come from him. Last time out, as I mentioned, you know, it wasn't on song, but perhaps the soft ground played a part in that. And I think he'll fare better here. He's a really decent price, I've got to. And I think, yeah, I'm going to keep the faith in him for now. So Aesop's Fables for me. Okay, so Katie likes the chances of Aino Bryan's Aesop Fables. I myself, um, I probably would side with Chaldean here. Uh, I like the way he won um, at Doncaster. I thought it was a very taken performance when he won uh, the Group 2 on the card there, the... Um, the champagne stakes. I just thought the the way he quickened and just went away from all his rivals was really impressive. I think there's a lot more to come from him. And from a tactical point of view, it'd be interesting to see how they line up. I'm hoping Frankie might go forward with him. And if he does, he might just get an easy lead. And we know that Frankie is normally at his best when he's dictating from the front and if they do go slow um, I just think he's got a really good turn of uh, foot to uh, quicken and I think in time he could probably even get 10 furlongs this horse I'm really excited by his chances for the guineas next year and I think there could be a lot more to come from Shaldine so that's our thoughts then 
on the Dewhurst Stakes. We're now going to look at our last race at Newmarket, which is a little bit of a puzzle. It's the 340. It's the Club Godolphin Cesarevich handicap, one of the big uh, heritage handicaps of the season, over two mile and two furlongs. And a horse with no name is the favourite here for Ryan Moore and Nicky Henderson at four to one, looking to give him another win in the race after he won last year. Buzz. We then got Run for Oscar at nine to two from the shrewd Charlie Burns stable. We've then got Evaluation at 12s, Gibraltar at 12s, Scaramanga at 12s, Baby Zeus at 14s, Favourite Moon at 16s, and bigger are the rest. I'll come to you here first, Katie. Um, a lot of forces uh, dominated the top of the market by uh, jumps trainers, the likes of Nicky Henderson, uh, Willie Mullins, Charles Burns. Are we going with any of those, or did you like any at uh, a bigger price? I'm going to give a shout to a couple. I was looking to oppose the favourite, especially in such an open race with 23 runners, but I am struggling to look past the horse with no name. For top trainer, Nicky Henderson, the ad is performing well, five winners from nine runners in the past fortnight, and Ryan Moore is booked. I don't think there are many fat jockeys that have been better than him this season, if any. He's been at the top of his game, so it's great booking. And the horse was last seen winning at York in May, £10 higher rated on the flat this time round, bidding for a hat-trick of wins. And, and everything looks to be in his favour, the trip, the ground conditions. I, I'm just finding it difficult to oppose him. In terms of a bit more value in the field, I'd give a shout to Gibraltar for Willie Mullins, another top trainer. Safi Osborne has been great this season too. She claims £3 aboard. And he's also bidding for hat-trick of wins and comes into the race in really good form. So I think he'll be competitive. I just won at a big price, Land of Winter, best price around it. 40 to 1, a usual horse that's as well and could possibly outrun his odds so a couple for me there okay a few uh interesting candidates there from uh casey and how about you liz did you have a strong fancy in the cesarevich I, do, I don't have a particularly strong fancy i mean this is a race when flat trainers and jumps trainers usually collide and it is an exciting race to watch and it gets us national hunt fans ready to watch a race for longer than a minute um but it's also usually where you can pick up some each way value um as we were saying willie mullins has a good record in this winning it three times in the last four and he has a few to look at gibraltar scaramanga and baby zeus but my each way value vote goes to 40 to one shot not so sleepy who came fourth in this race in 2020 he's been kept fit over the summer his last race in july at sandown and the listed coral marathon coming fifth uh, where he did weaken but we can't forget his dead heat against epiton in the fight in fifth last november and something tells me there could be life in the old boy yet. Yeah, I mean, he is 10. Um, I also can't finish off without a mention to Withhold, who won this in 2017. I sadly think his, probably his racing days are over based on his, this season's results. But he is a bit of a favourite of mine, and hopefully you might prove me wrong. But um, they're both, uh, I think he Withhold is 40 to 1. So there's two 40 to 1 ones for you there. Okay, so a couple of uh, outsiders there are uh, big prices from... Liz, um, the one I really like in this race, one of my strongest fancies of the weekend, is Baby Zeus for Will Buick and Willie Mullins. Uh, has been quite well supported um, over uh, the last 24 hours or so. Tom Marquand was originally 
chopped up um, on this horse because he rode him at Leopardstown last time out when he had a bit of an eye-catching run. Uh, but Will Buick has subsequently been booked. I think he originally might have been on a horse with no name, but Will Buick is definitely a, a positive jockey booking, especially when uh, riding for Willie Mullins. He rode Burnham Victory last year, which is a horse I put up that got chinned by Buzz. Painful memories there. However, the time before that, he actually did win uh, the race with uh, Great White Shark uh, for the Denmarks, and who've actually got the same kind of Scaramanga in this race. So um, I do think he's an interesting jockey booking, and he would have had his pick of, uh, I, I reckon, of uh, a few of these Willie Mullins sources. But I just like the way, like I say, he finished off his race last time at Leopardstown. He's done tried at this trip as well, but I think he's been crying out for it. If you actually look at his family, he's from the family of Las Vegas that finished third in this race for Willie Mullins. Uh, in that race, Liz was talking about behind withhold uh, a few years ago now. So he's got the pedigree for it, and I just think there could be a bit of potential there and... I, I think he can go quite well and I think he could be the gambler of the day. I'm quite sweet on his chances. So he's going to be my main fancy in the race. I should just also give out a positive mention for evaluation, a horse that I've had a lot of time for this um, this season. Um, Dam is estimate who won uh, the Ascot Gold Cup for the Queen, was winning uh, some of those uh, Skybet Sunday Series races earlier in the season. Got Chin last time out at uh, Sandown in one of those races. I've been um, watching him, uh, looking at his entries for a, a big part, and obviously he finds himself here. I just think this might be out of his level, but uh, I'm intrigued to see how he uh, how he gets on. And yeah, I, I might have a saver on him each way. But yeah, they're my thoughts on the Cesarovich. An interesting race, but yeah, I think uh, Willie Mullins could uh, could uh, land the prize again. So that's our thoughts then on uh, the action at Newmarket on Saturday. We're now going to look at York, where they've got a decent card uh, on Saturday afternoon, and we're going to look at three races from there. And the first race we're going to look at is the 205. It's the six furlongs, uh, Coral Rockingham Stakes. It's a listed contest, and Alpha Catcher is your favourite for William Haggis. We then got Bolt Action at four to one, along with Rousing Encore at nine to two, Felix Natalis at eights, and Bigger are the rest. I'll come to you here first, Liz. Um, Rousing Encore is a horse I think you might have put up last time at Newbury. Do you want to side with him again or are you going to go with something else? Yes, I do want to side with him again. I Yeah, as you said, I, I backed him each way um, on the pod a few weeks ago and he was 20 to 1 in the Mill Reef Stakes at Newbury and he came a good second, did it? Um, staying on over the six furlongs. Um, that race was yeah, was also a group two, so he's coming down to listed class. They raced him again from the rear and I know his previous wins have been from where he's led. So it's going to be interesting to see what they plan this time for him. He also finished a good six in the Group 2 Coventry Stakes at Royal Ascot in June, which is one of the reasons I was attracted to him last time. I think it's his, his turn to record a win, and he's more than capable in this race. So rouse an encore for me. OK, one vote for rouse an encore. Liz is staying loyal. How about you, Katie? Who did you like in the Rockingham? I'm with Liz again. We're in agreement this evening, aren't we? <laughs> I'm going for rouse an encore for Richard Fahey. The seventh start of the season, just to add what Liz was saying, as she mentioned in the Coventry States, he's a good length behind Blackbeard, second to Sakir in the Mill Reef last month, really not bad form at all. Good ground here, the six furlongs I think should shoot. He has been to York before, could only manage fifth, um, finishing behind Bolt action that time, and he had quite a high draw and was a bit out on the wing, not much cover, but he did stay on well over the five furlongs that time, so an extra furlong could see him reverse that form with Bolt action. 
he does come from a strong line this time out, but I'm hoping he'll get dropped in. Uh, Sato will be able to use his experience to stay on in the closing stages or perhaps even lead. It'll be interesting to see what tactics they take, as Liz was mentioning. So, rising on call for me. Yeah, I'm nearly in agreement with you. From the UK, he's the horse I like most, but I'm going to go with the Irish Raider here. Um, Bay of Plenty, an intriguing runner for Johnny Murta, who uh, doesn't waste his bullets when he uh, sends them over here. I feel he's a really uh, underrated trainer, and he's been doing pretty well this season, Johnny Murta. He's just had some nice juveniles through his hands. And this one, I thought, was a really good winner when he won at Nace uh, a few weeks ago. It's interesting that he's coming over here. And I just think there could be a lot to like about him. He oozed class when he, went at, when he won at Nace that day. And I thought 14-1. to 1. I thought he was a bit of a big price there. And if there is maybe one in here that is unexposed and could be uh, destined for bigger and better things, I thought he could be, could be him. But from a form perspective, I do think Rousey Encore has a good chance. But I, I quite like the chances of uh, Bayer Plenty to outrun his odds. So that's our thoughts then on the Rockingham Stakes. We're now going to move on to the 240. Where we go to only six runners in this race. The Coral uh, beaten by a length, three bit handicap. Uh, it's a class two contest over a mile and two furlongs. And Marching Army is your favourite at 11 to 4. We then got Protagonist at 3 to 1. Saga at 6 is. What's the story at 6 is? Stay Well 13 to 2. Algiers 17 to 2. And bigger. Uh, oh, and then that, I should say that is actually your field. So, yeah, that's uh, the field for the 240. A tricky little puzzle. Uh, Katie, who did you like in this one? Can't say I had a particularly strong fancy in this one, if I'm honest. Got Martin Army, sat run his odds in the last two runs, now runs off a career high mark of the 103. Possibly worth opposing, maybe with protagonist for William Haggis. Tom McQuand rides. This will be his fifth start for the yard since switching from Jessica Harrington's. He's run twice over mile two this season. He didn't fare well off a higher mark of 97 when last seen, but that was a really competitive Cambridge to handicap. Uh, and I'd say he was drawn on the wrong side. So I'd be willing to forgive him that. He remains in the same mark. He's possibly the one to trouble the Godolphin horse. And we've got Saga up in trip. Will he stay? Maybe a couple of question marks with him. So it's protagonist for me, but I wouldn't be getting involved in the race from a betting perspective. Okay, so a nod for protagonist. How about you, um, Liz? Who did you like in this one? What do we think I like in this one? Uh, protagonist, <laughs> the same as Katie. Um, and we all know how much I like a William Haggis horse. So uh, yeah, I am going with protagonist. Not sure the draw did him any favours last time out in the Cambridgeshire uh, two weeks ago, where he was second in the group of eight along the far side. Um, but he has been winning some some decent class twos on good as Sandown and Doncaster always doing enough. And I think he'll probably be back to winning ways again. I mean, I also need to add that I did have a very quick look um, at the top weight and outsider Algiers, um, who is coming back after a 196-day layoff, who picked up a group three win in February. Um, and that we wouldn't be a complete surprise to me. I think he's got a three-pound claimer on. Um, but, yeah, I think protagonist. Okay, again, it's all in harmonies tonight, isn't it? Protagonist uh, for the girls. I myself actually do like Marching Army. I just thought he might be able to get a freebie on the lead. We've seen Saeed Bimsarur uh, do pretty well with these kind of horses that just seem to progress in the autumn, you know, and, uh, and and they turn out to be pattern company horses. And I think he's a horse that could fit into that bracket. He could be a lifted group three 
horse and who knows he could be a horse destined to go to, to Maidan this year but I think tactically I think it could play into his hands and yeah that's why I'm quite sweet on him now I think he, there's an argument to maybe even make him a little bit shorter I'm not so keen on the others I think that they might not stay they they're out of form uh, they've got headgear issues I just think for me much an army might just uh just uh, win from the front. So that's our thoughts then on the 240 at York. We're then going to go on to the last race we're going to preview, which is a very competitive sprint handicap. It's the 315. It is the six furlong coral sprint trophy handicap. Plenty in here of chances. Dusky Lord is your favourite, 9 to 1. We then got the old timer Gulliver at 11 to 1, along with Lethal Nymph, who's turned out again quickly at 11 to 1. Lucky Man at 11 to 1. Mr. Wagger at 11. Seems like everything's 11 to 1 in this. We then got Laugh a Minute at 12 to 1. Dakota Gold at 14s and Bigger are the rest. I come to you here, Liz. Uh, very tricky uh, race. We get plenty of these at York throughout the season. Have we got one maybe at a big price for the listeners they can get stuck into? I mean, as we said, I mean, it's a big field. To be honest, I don't have a particularly strong fancy, and you could make a case for most of these. Um, but if I was to go in to do one, then it would be my namesake, which is <laughs> laugh a minute. <laughs> um, but he's been running well in defeat over in Ireland. He is getting closer to a win. He's placed three times in the last three races at some big odds too. Um, and he always keeps on, whether it's five, six or seven furlongs. So maybe if he gets going a bit earlier, he'll be thereabouts. But laugh a minute for me. Okay, Liz likes the Irish Raider. Laugh a minute. And how about you, Katie? Is there anything in here you like at a big price? There's a couple that caught my eye. I was looking first of all, Gulliver's won this race twice in recent years, both times on soft ground, £8 lower than when he won in 2020. So he has to be respected, but he does have a higher draw this time. Volatile analyst, something to retain his ground, is a big price considering he's only £1 higher. They're both interesting as they have proven form in the race, but my fancy is actually, the first is Lucky Man. I think he's quite interesting. Course and distance winner running off the same mark as when fourth in the Air Gold Cup. It's just ahead of Mr. Wagyu there. Mr. Wagyu carries top weight here, but I would expect him to be dangerous once again too. He's been a really good horse this season for connections. I think Working Man has just been in great form too. In recent months is in with a shot. He's got a decent draw in store six. The last four years, the winners have all come from either store five, six or seven. So that area of the draw has been quite favourable. I also like Popmaster drawn in store eight, so he's close to him. He's had no luck in handicaps recently, and I think he's much better than what his form shows at the moment. At Goodwood, he was just drawn on the wrong side, and again in the air gold cup, really. He was drawn high and was almost running a solo race in the early part. So I think he deserves a change in fortunes, and with a bit of luck, hopefully he'll be able to be more competitive. Oh, Katie, I'm so gutted. I was going to put up Popmaster. I really like him here. Um, you made the case beautifully for him, I think. You, as you say, those um, races at Goodwoods and especially last time at Air, he's just been on the wrong part of the tracks uh, both, on both occasions. He's never been able to get involved. I think if you go back through some of his earlier form, his second behind Rohan, even his fourth behind Lethal Nymph, you know, they're, they're good runs. And he actually finds himself off a £2 lower mark than when he finished seventh in this race last year. And I just think it could be his day. We, we He's been a horse we know that's capable of winning a big pot. Um, and I just think maybe uh, on Saturday it could be his day. Tom Marquand as well, back in the saddle, is a massive positive. And I think he's a bit of a, a big price here. And uh, I wouldn't at all be surprised to see his uh, price collapse in the day. So, yeah, I'm quite keen on Pot Master. So that rounds off the main races we're going to look at. Um, 
before we came into this podcast, I asked the girls if they had any other fancies. And Katie had uh, some for us tonight at Chepstow. Uh, take it away, Katie. What did you like um, at the jump section uh, over in Wales? Yeah, one caught my eye in the 217 at Chepstow. Kitty's light. He went well first time out last year in this race when he just failed, ran one pound or lower rated. He's a really consistent and likeable horse, and I think he could run well once again. I'm looking forward to seeing him this season, so I hope he'll be able to land a big prize as he's been coming close often enough, sometimes missing out to his stable mates. And I just think he deserves to, to have a big win, and, and maybe that'll come for him. But I think, yeah, he's got a good chance on Saturday at Chapstow. Yeah, Kitty's Light has been a cliff horse for me in recent years. I was really keen on him for the Bet365 Gold Cup this year. Didn't quite live up to expectations. The year before before that, I was really sweet for him in that race. He, he got badly hampered, as we know. Um, I think would have won the race if he got a clear run. So, yeah, he's a horse that definitely deserves to land a big pot, and it'd be interesting to see how he gets on. I liked one in the Silver Trophy, Broomfield Berg. Uh, I thought he was a bit of a, a big price here. At um at around about six to one, he is a bit of a quirky animal, but I just think this race could set up quite nicely for him. Forgive his last run at market racing, I just don't think he liked it. I think over this trip, he's got lots of untapped potential. The bigger field will help him. He won't mind the ground. I'm quite keen to take on Napper's Hill, who I think is actually better over uh, two miles myself, and I just think he might set it up for the likes of Broomfield Burke, who I think is better than his mark of one thirty, and uh, could be a, a really dangerous opponent for a yard that. Uh, doing no wrong at the moment Nicky Henderson is on fire so yeah that's our thoughts then away from the main races on ITV so thanks again to Liz and Katie for giving up their time hopefully we found you some winners this week please remember to follow us on all the social platforms we're available on Twitter and on Instagram make sure you as well subscribe to us on all the podcast platforms which includes the likes of Spotify iTunes and SoundCloud please remember to gamble responsibly and we'll be seeing you again soon (laughs) 